Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom Chiefs cast, live from the Wolf Den. I'm Chris. And I'm Josh, and today we're going to be talking about everything that's happened since the last time we talked. And a big reminder that all Chiefs fans are invited to join us for game day. Please visit arrowheadkingdom.org to learn more about the group and to find your local chapter. And please make sure, as always, to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Today on one of the many topics of the Kansas City Chiefs, newsflash everybody, the yeah. Chiefs re-signed Austin Ryder. Yeah, there you go. Um, we're, of course, presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider. Photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit them at completewedo.com. Um, obviously, there's some news. And um, just full disclosure, recording this on uh, 323.22. So there's plenty of things that happened today and that have happened recently. But um, I think we have to take a step back here first. And let's... Uh, remind everybody that it's been a while since we have been here we last recapped the divisional playoff game which was that bills win and we've effectively put this whole thing on ice for a variety of reasons um since that moment and i think part of that was we just didn't really feel like talking about the afc championship game and i think part of it was <clears throat> i know i wasn't too terribly into the super bowl and I think also we're just kind of busy and uh, a break ended up working out, but uh, it's great to be back on with you guys. And so without further ado, let's just uh, actually talk about what that AFC championship game was. So I'll, I'll uh, throw this out here real quick. I drove from Milwaukee down to Kansas city to watch that game live. And uh, you know, Chris, we'll just jump in with you. I mean, get, give us your thoughts on, what that game was, what it could have been, so forth. Uh, the Chiefs blew the game. I mean, that's really, to be blunt, uh, that's how I felt at the end of it. I wasn't bitter, um, but they they had that game in hand, and it just didn't make any sense of what was happening in the second half by, from many accounts. But, uh, I mean, it, in some ways it was kind of like the regular season game, but I think they even – had a, a stronger hold uh, in the AFC championship than it in the regular season game. And regardless of what happened to you in the first half, it still doesn't explain the second half. I mean, if you're trying to tell me that somehow snowballed into mass confusion for the offense, I mean, that's, I would like to think they have a tougher mentality and, and thicker skin than that, but um, the, the better team didn't win that day. You know, that sounds ungracious but that's really how I feel yeah here's the only thing that I'll say sitting in the stands we ended up in a section that had a ton of Bengal fans and I'll I'll tell you they felt that the better team didn't win that day and it wasn't until that Patrick Mahomes interception and they moved the ball twice before you started hearing chatter is this actually going to happen are we going to actually do this and then they lined up for the kick. And I think it was still disbelief um, just, just there. And so, you know, the, any other thing I just kind of think of is, um, yes, the Chiefs gave the game away, but we, we probably should actually tip the cap to the Bengals for taking advantage of that and closing the deal. So, Yeah, I, and I rooted for them in the Super Bowl. I mean, I wasn't bitter. I even was on record saying before the AFC Championship, the Bengals win, I'm going to root for them in the Super Bowl. So, um, I, th I think it's cool for the city of Cincinnati. You know, maybe they have something built that's going to be sustainable, but uh, but still, I, 
yeah it, it's it's the second time now in four years we wondered what it would have been like if the chiefs have played the rams in the super bowl yeah yeah nah, crappy brian what were your thoughts <laughs> oh i like that call going into the uh going into halftime where it was like instead of uh i liked how it was like we could have kicked it uh, but then he went to the touchdown. I'm like, ooh, I like that. Then fast forward, like, was there a miscommunication? <laughs> we get like the reports about miscommunication. Should they, should they not? Who had the final decision and all that? I'm like, oh, uh, this was kind of like a, like a, like a, a thrown together kind of thing. At least those are the rumors. I don't know if they've been like verified or anything like that. But yeah, I enjoyed the, we were just so in control in the first half. It's kind of a, kind of the same story with the Bengals game the first time as well. It's like we we're just in control. And then they came back the second half and, I don't think we scored a touch. Did we score a touchdown on regular time? I don't think we did. Did we? Or it's just, it was just, we didn't do anything. And yeah, it was, I was on like, like the final, like the final five minutes or like the, the overtime chiefs and it was unrecognizable to what we were used to and what we've become accustomed to. Um, and uh, yeah. And I think yeah, tip of the hat to the Bengals because I mean, we can do that, but uh, you still got to make the play. You still got to, throw the ball and get your, get your scores in and uh, against our defense, who was pretty hungry. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a rough one. And uh, so I like to remember the, the bills game more than I do that game. Yeah. I mean, I, I love going for the touchdown at the end of the play. And yeah, me too. I mean, there's a, there, there's a, the rub against Andy Reed is twofold that he, he gets conservative and he quits running the ball which is conservative. So it's kind of this whole, this whole double type of thing, but it, it's the whole, you know, lacking killer instinct and, and lacking the way I always describe it is if you have, if you have a, a drowning entity, but let's call it a rat to make this not too terribly morbid. Do you sit there and, and look at it while it's in the bucket and wait for it to drown? Or do you step on its head and get it over with? And, you know, going for that touchdown is a step on its head and get it over with type of situation and you can sit there and say that they they uh would have had the game locked up at that point and the Bengals wouldn't have been able to come back and, and do anything but i just think about this let's say in, in an alternate world we kick a field goal to go up 24 to 10 and the Bengals have a second half that looks like that uh colts game you know from back in 2013 early 14 that uh that horrible game and the Bengals come in and they just turn it on. And we ended up losing that game where we kick a field goal by three or four points. We'd be sitting here crucifying Andy Reed for not being more aggressive and, and going for the touchdown when you were on the one yard line. I mean, it, it's just a zero sum game. If there's anything that I'm going to, you know, blame everything on from a coaching and game management situation, we were running the ball that, that, something like five or six yards a clip in the first half. And we basically didn't run in the second half. So you can attribute it to that. Um, Chris Jones holds on to Joe Burrow once or twice in the second half. And that probably changes the game. I, I mean, it's just, there, there were so many little things right that there. happened and, you know, mm -hmm. the whole thing ended up being a, you know, unfortunate loss. So, yeah, the, the big difference, you know, you mentioned the, the 2013 divisional game against the Colts. I thought the defense did their part in the second half. I mean, I actually rewatched the second half because I was just, you know, sitting there watching it in real time. It didn't feel real. And then when I rewatched it, I mean, the Bengals really didn't do that much. I mean, the, the interception I definitely changed and made it look like, okay, this, this can happen. But again, we, we gave that game to them. And I think the defense did enough. 
And all it would have taken is one one offensive scoring drive in that second half before that uh, field goal at the end of regulation. And yeah, we're talking about, I mean, who knows what would happen in LA after that, but I, I really, again, I feel like this was more about the Chiefs losing than the Bengals winning. Yep, yep. I mean, we scored, what, three points in the second half. Um, you know, the other thing that I'll look at here, I'm just pulling up the box score again, you know, not saying that I enjoy looking at this, but, um, you know, another thing that I'll throw out is uh, when we're talking about plays in the second half, and, and this is going to segue into our next next thing, uh, I don't recall Tyree Kill being anything of a factor, <laughs> you know, and uh, now that we're talking about him and not scoring any, any drives, the uh, biggest news today is uh, Tyree Kill leaving the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. So it's the uh, fourth score. He's in fourth place of like all-time touchdowns. Or I looked at the stats, uh, yeah. all-time great. Um, oh, that was hard news for me to watch, uh, listen to and look at. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the uh, what we what we got for, like the first-round draft pick and uh, all the picks we got and how we feel about that because, like, Fourth round was at 29th. We got to pick 29th. So hopefully we get something out of that. Yeah. I mean, let, let's just look at another, not not comparing these two wide receivers, but the LA Rams just lost Robert Woods and okay. they got a sixth round pick out of him. Um, obviously, Tyree Kill's not the same thing, but getting a first round it, draft pick out of a wide receiver, I think, is impressive. You ever see that movie Moneyball? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Only, only a thousand like, times. Is there a way we can like recreate Tyreek Hill in the aggregate? Like, I mean, I guess we really can't do that, but can you like somehow get like the legs of, you know, um, Usain Bolt and like, you know, the hands of like Jerry Rice or whatever and uh, like, like complete it like that? Like, I guess it's more of a Frankenstein's monster kind of movie. It's not really. Yeah. It's you, not really well, you get Randy really Moss if you do that, but yeah. I mean, in reality, in reality, that's essentially what we're, we're planning on doing is we are going to recreate them in the aggregate and the whole uh, the whole thing and why, why this trade sucks, you know, and suck to watch is that Tyree kill is a horizontal threat. He's a vertical threat. He can catch short passes. He can catch long passes. He could go for a touchdown at any given time. So we're going to have to do what most teams have had to do where you just get a speedster that runs down the, the side of the field to take the top off the defense and in theory, that could be McCole Hardman. Uh, we need to get somebody who can chew up yards and short-term possession. That's what we brought in Juju Smith-Schuster for. Now, obviously, uh, you're not replacing those uh, those two, but it's it's the whole situation of Moneyball where somebody's probably looking at Brett Veach going, so you're telling me that you want to bring in three flawed players to replace Jeremy or Jason Giambi? And that's, that's ultimately what we're going to have to do, and it's the way the rest of the league puts stuff together. And, you know, you can maybe say that like Cooper cup is a, is a guy that had comparable just versatility and skills and stuff like that, that uh, Tyreek Hill has, or, you know, Devonte Adams is the other guy that, that always comes up as uh, possibly best um, receiver in the league and everything. But I, I mean, we're going to have to piece this together like other teams and we got yeah. draft picks now and apparently we're going to be using them on wide receiver, well, which we probably needed to do anyway. I do like how the conversation this year, the conversation about our offensive line was non-existent, which means it did well. 
And there was mm-hmm. not much of a discussion about that. We need so, a right tackle. We need yeah. a right tackle. And so there's talk mm-hmm. on the social media walls. I mean, I, I, I feel really linked to what social media about the, the chiefs is saying, you know, from a fan standpoint, and there's a uh, talk about trying to bring back Eric Fisher to play right tackle. I, I thought Lucas Niang was fine when he was healthy, but that's, uh, and he was healthy. That's the key. It, thing. Exactly. But I mean, that's one spot that needs to be solidified, but what that also tells you is that there's four other places that, that are solid and that we do have depth and everything. Um, the defense is where all the major work is to be done. And, and mm-hmm. so we've got to get some of these 12 draft picks, right. And, you know, Vija needs to, needs to get that right. Obviously. Um, why do you think Tyreek Hill chose the dolphins is highest pay or because it's Florida and you can have, there, there were two teams that were bidding on him. I mean, that uh, this has obviously been brewing for a long time um, or, it wouldn't materialize the way that it was, but I mean, I, today it was about a two hour period of time from, Hey, extension talks have stalled to Tyree kill is traded. And it was the jets and the dolphins that were the final, the final two. And supposedly Tyree kill was torn between the two of them. And really those are, those are two teams that are going to overpay. But I heard he actually had the final say, I read a story somewhere, but I mean, it comes down to it. The Jets were only offering, I think, what I think it was like two seconds and a third or something like that. I mean, yeah, we got five draft picks from from Miami, so I, in my opinion, that's a better deal. But uh, sure, but yeah, I, I still think Tyreek had a pretty strong say, though, as far as you know what you tell us where you'd rather go, and we'll make that deal. Exactly. I mean, here here are my thoughts on Tyreek Hill. Um, what he did in in my opinion today was he just became a job hopper and i cannot throw shade at somebody like that because my professional career if you look at my resume it is long because i am a job hopper and i've i've left a, a ton of jobs and i've definitely gone from situations where there's a higher chance of winning going to a lower chance of winning in a meaningful way but i i did that because it was a different commute that I wanted. It, it was this, that, or the other, but every single time it was, I'm getting paid more to, to do this. So it'd be pretty hypocritical for me to get upset at Tyree kill for deciding that he wanted to get paid more for what he does. And I mean, that's what his agents paid to negotiate. And uh, it, that's, that's really all this, this was today. And so I kind of applaud the, the chiefs and Tyreek for just not making a big thing out of this. It's like, look, if you want to get paid more, we've, we've given you what our HR department and our salary research tells us the uh, position you pay as play is worth. Um, if somebody wants to pay you more then you know, by, by all means, that's a good offer. And I'd, I'd certainly take it. And uh, you know, it's not trying yeah. to hang this no compete clause over his head or anything like that. It's just kind of wishing him the best. And that's how, how that seemed to go. And I mean, the, the analogy I was, I was telling a friend about this earlier today, you have decisions in life. And so think of any major city Metro area, and you're going to have your downtown area. You're going to have your nice suburbs. You're going to have your really, really nice suburbs. And you got to decide, you know, where you're going to live and how that fits into your budget. So I, to me, Tyreek Hill had the ability to go into the uh, most posh and opulent um, zip code within the city and have a, a total mansion 
but it means that he's going to be eating ramen, you know, for the foreseeable future because he spent all of his money on this, this house and everything like that. Or he could go to the uh, next best suburb and have the biggest house on his block and eat steak every day. And he decided he'd rather have the big house. And in this situation, the big house is the salary and the uh, meal that you're eating is who's going to be feeding you stuff from a quarterback standpoint. And Tua is ramen and Patrick Mahomes is steak every single night. And, and that's what it this definitely is. has so, a noodle for an arm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, I mean, <laughs> he made it, he made a decision that he'd rather have the most opulent house and the, the Ferrari in the front yard and, he's going to be eating peanut butter and ramen <laughs> to, to make it work. And, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's a decision that, that is a perfectly acceptable decision, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, I, my mind went really right is. to my mind went right to Shula's steakhouse. Whenever you said he's eating steak as uh wasn't Don yeah. Shula, the Miami dolphins coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I can just eat there, I guess, but yeah, exactly. What I, what I have the Tula too. Like uh, he was like a, uh, I, I, I don't know. It just hasn't like uh, really adapted yet, but now he's got uh, some weapons to work with there. Then uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he and... was, he was, he was one of the two quarterbacks that was good. The other one being uh, what Jalen hurts or whatever. Um, Joe Burrow. Well, was Joe Burrow in that class. No, I mean, on Alabama, Jalen hurts was the guy that he supplanted. Put it out, put it Alabama. You know, he, he's sitting there. He was on the best team in college football, you know? And I mean, Alabama is, as much of a vulgar display of power in, in any sports that you can possibly get, you know, I mean, they, they go out and take every single player that's available in college football and, and just carpet bomb games. And, and that's what was happening in, in those, in those games. And, you know, you had this uh, comedy of uh, riches where the, the two, you know, guys that were, that were fighting were, you know, both in, insanely good college quarterbacks. Well, after this Tyreek Hill, I, I guess what I kept on, I think the first thought that popped in my mind was like, oh gosh, bummer. The second thought was, well, we still have Mahomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I kept on telling myself. So we got Mahomes. And uh, maybe that's the thing. We'll see uh, uh, whoever steps up, does their thing. And yeah. uh, if we, and uh, you know, as long as we have uh, someone who can make the throws, the deep throws and the, the accurate throws, then uh, he'll get the best out of everybody who's in that spot. So, so, Tomorrow, this is going to come out, um, but I'm guessing that this is going to come out before this actual video does. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of talk about it. Uh, you guys know that I write for Arrowhead One, and yep. so my my article that I wrote last night before this whole thing happened is um, all about because because this whole season has just been crazy, crazy, crazy free agent spending and everything. And so I did a uh, I did a little bit of a research project because I've always believed that you know, spending big in free agency doesn't necessarily equal getting to where you want to go. And let's be honest, getting to where you want to go is playing in and winning a Super Bowl. Um, the, the 2015 version of any of us would probably have done this exercise looking at getting home field for a first playoff game and winning divisions and stuff like that. But at this point, it, it's a Super Bowl or not. And so I went to uh, sporttrack.com because they have a good tool that shows how much teams spend during the uh, free agency period in the entire off season leading up to a te- uh, season. And it, it had data from uh, where everybody's at this year from a spending standpoint, but all the way back to 2012. So that's 10 Super Bowl winners. And so I, I looked at who the top five free agent spending teams were uh, that won free agency every single year. 
and uh, take a wild guess. Brian, who do you think the five teams that have won free agency the past 10 years the most are? I have no idea, Josh. I have no idea how to even think about it. Chris, uh, you take a stab at this because I think you're going to get at least half of these. Well, I think the Rams come to mind first and foremost. Uh, The Cowboys. I mean, Jerry Jones is always throwing around dollars. Um, And then after that, Denver. Okay, so in the last uh, 10 yeah. years, in the last 10 years, and this is just looking at free agent spending, not not full team spending where you're extending your own players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just looking at free agent spending. Uh, sorry, I got a cat on my lap right now. Uh, just looking at free agent spending, the uh, Cowboys have been in the top five in free agent spending exactly zero times in the past 10 years. Okay. And, and 11, if you're including this one, they've been there zero times. The uh, Broncos have been there twice. And uh, you the, know what? The Saints. Where are the, Saints the, the Saints have been there twice as once, uh, twice okay. as well. So okay. here are the teams. There's five teams that have been in the top five in free agency spending at least four times out of the past five years. So there's one that's been there six times, and it's the Jags. There's the, there's four that have been there four times. It's the Dolphins, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Titans. <laughs> Which of those five teams do you actually look for, look up to, and admire? I would say the the Titans are the ones who got there you money. Go. There you go. Results out of their stuff. So. There, there, there you go. There you go. And so some of the other stuff that I looked at is over the course of the ten year period of time where where we've had twenty Super Bowl participants and ten winners the average spending of the, the teams that land in the top five is $157 million on free agents. Granted, these contracts aren't all guaranteed and stuff like that, but, it, but it's $157 million. The average for the two teams that have played in the Super Bowl is $58 million. The uh, instances where a team that's played in the Super Bowl has spent $100 million or more are three. In 2012, the Ravens spent $100 in the offseason. And then in uh, 2016, the Falcons spent 120, and this last season, the Bengals spent 130. But mm. the Rams last year, for example, spent just under eight million dollars on free agent signings. <laughs> wow! So that That's, day uh, is either a, a, a complete train wreck, and I went to a not reputable site, but oh. everything kind of spot checked out. So, so granted, there's extending players. The Rams have definitely traded and taken on salary and everything like that, yeah. but. But I and so I, I understand that I could be, you know, more comprehensive and everything. But if you just look at the teams that go out and splash signing free agents and just taking on dollars and stuff like that, um, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Jets and the Raiders are the teams that have been doing that. And they've been they've been, for the most part, building this entire century. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, because it could be worse. It could be worse. You could have gone through five quarterbacks in five years. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. in in my you know opinion before that, and this has solidified it, the teams that don't go out and just destroy their cap with these massive splashy win the offseason contracts are the ones that usually end up there towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And you know, the one, the one team 
that seems to have effectively spent, which, you know, this is the scary part. The Broncos were in that top five twice, and it was in uh, 2013, or sorry, in 2012 and 2014. So the year before their two Super Bowl appearances in the, in the past 10 years. Sure. But, you know, let's let's be clear about what some of this stuff was. They, they brought in you know, pass rusher. It was uh, Demarcus Ware, or whatever. Demarcus Ware. You had Emmanuel and then, Sanders, and then they brought in, yeah. and then they brought in Wes Peyton Welker. Yeah. yeah, and they brought in Peyton Manning. <clears throat> now, here's the thing about the current Broncos. I I don't think Russell Wilson at this point is Peyton Manning. I really don't. He's not. Yeah, he's not. So, um, you know, at this point, <clears throat> I I think this sucks right now. But I think every year that goes by, some of the stuff that happened is going to suck less. And, um, you know, these are these are the kind of difficult decisions that successful teams make. And, and so my yeah. biggest hope is that don't make the, the same mistake that I think the Packers have made the majority of this uh, payer and Rogers big money time which is fail to continue to keep getting them weapons. I mean, the, the Packers have never, you know, had a first round draft pick wide receiver that that's just not what they do. And, you know, I mean, we're getting, we're getting panned right now for that Clyde pick. It's like a greed pick. It's getting cocky. It's blah, blah, blah. I mean, my, my thought on this remains, um, you know, when you're half a billion dollar franchise quarterback says, Hey, I'd love to have Clyde Edwards Hilaire and the, uncontested consensus best running back in that draft that's that's the thing we have to remember anybody that says that oh i was calling jonathan taylor all the way back then i think that's the vast majority of that well, is revisionist history deandre swift i think was being talked of more than jonathan taylor as exactly well. but yeah. still i mean clyde was the guy he was the guy and so you know maybe the chief's diligence was was incorrect and we picked the wrong guy but you know who knows that who knows that uh Either either Swift or uh, Taylor comes in and and does anything more, and you know maybe Clyde goes off somewhere else, and it's just like oh god, you. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Good Lord, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is a is a stud. He's he on is. my fantasy so, team. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, and he just it's a points machine. He is. So I I started opening my mind and and started thinking about this possibility probably a couple months ago. Um. My philosophy, I don't know if I made it clear on here, is I, I always think big picture. And to your point, Josh, I mean, I don't want to be the Packers. I think the Seahawks are another really good example because once Russell Wilson signed his second contract, you saw the Legion of Boom die, and they were just constantly trying to, to patchwork a roster around Russell Wilson. Either he had no offensive line, or he didn't have anybody to throw to. I mean, it seemed like it was that, something like that every year. And I don't know if they made the NFC Championship since they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. No, they haven't. But, but I mean, this to me, I, I mean, I'm probably one of the few, but I was elated when they made this trade and I found out because this shows me Brett Veach is adaptable he's you know the one thing the reputation that he built since he became the gm is that he was this aggressive gm who was going to you know go out there and 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 take what he wants and pay whatever it took and 
I was worried that he he would continue to do that because I you know I said this earlier this year after we lost to the Chargers the window is shut I think on this core and it's time to turn over the roster mm-hmm. and they maybe could have you know they probably would have had a shot at the Super Bowl again this year but around the corner I, I really believe there was a financial crash coming whether it's in 23 or 24 because you sign Tyreek Hill to that contract you've got Tyreek Hill Chris Jones Joe Tooney and Patrick Mahomes I think probably over a combined 100 million dollars of your cap going into 23 so you know when I look at the roster going into this next year and the big you know thing has been rebuild the defensive line well what have they done so far They've restructured Frank Clark. They've re-signed Derek Nottie. They haven't done anything different there yet. And then you lose Charvarius Ward and Mike Hughes, and now you're drastically thinned out the cornerback position as well. I, I see this as one step back to take two steps forward. I think they are trying to build a roster that, is void of a weak link as opposed to trying to build a roster that is, you know, let's say 33% above average players. And then every other guy is maybe average, but um, you know, they, I think I'm very encouraged by this. Is it going to work? I have no idea, but they've given themselves the opportunity by making this trade, getting all those draft picks they now have $20 million more in cap space. You know, there are still free agents out there that you can at least fill the roster out. Do I think they're going to replace Tyreek Hill? No, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill. And the offense probably will take a step back this year, but I think trying to, to get the roster younger and more well-rounded, they have the opportunity for that. And I think that's a better plan if this team wants to win multiple Super Bowls because uh, you know again if they go for it again next year and they and they don't make it I can see this being maybe a a four or five year downfall where they're constantly trying to scramble back financially and and just to make it clear when you cut a guy that doesn't just take the money off the cap there's still dead money to pay after that so Mm -hmm. if you know it's like the Frank Clark restructure yeah we could have cut Frank Clark but we still owed I don't know, eight or $9 million of dead money, you restructure him, you, he takes a pay cut and it's essentially the same thing. You don't have to replace him. Uh, you know, essentially you're not having to sign two players to replace one. So there, there's a game out there financially that I, I find fascinating and I'm really glad to see Brett Beach is playing. Yeah. I mean, 15 million for Frank Clark talking about him. If I've been happy with really what he's done outside of the 2019 playoffs, not really, <laughs> mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, a guy who stays healthy and plays defensive end, I mean, 15 million bucks for a, a warm body is kind of the going rate. <laughs> well, that's what they need right now are warm he's, bodies. I he's, mean, that's more just, than a, he's more yeah. than a warm body. You know, he, he's more than a warm body. He's not, he's not mm-hmm. an elite pass rusher. $15 million is an elite pass rusher money. I mean, you're looking at 20. I mean, if well, we wanted to bring in it either way, yeah. yeah, you cut them, you're still paying it. So exactly. I mean, you might exactly. as well have, so them, might on well have them on your roster. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well have them on your roster. I mean, 
I don't care how good you are at drafting. You're not going to bring in three guys that are going to supplant him and make him, you know, expendable to, to that level. So, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I can't tell you that I'm elated by this trade by any means. Uh, again, but longer, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm one of the very few, but yeah. The longer I think about it, I mean, the more that I'm just, this, this looks like a plan. This looks like somebody who has the intestinal fortitude to say, I really don't care what you say about me. I, I know this is the right move. And I mean, the, I understand anybody who's upset. I really do. I, I understand anybody who's upset. I think they're completely entitled to that uh, opinion. I understand anybody, and I think this is a perfectly acceptable opinion as well to say that he, um, you know, Brett Veach failed by letting this drag out too long and letting all these other receivers, i.e., Devontae Adams, set oh, the uh, and, market. And who's to say that was Veach that was dragging this out either? I mean, there's exactly, two sides exactly. This, so, I, mean, yeah. I truly believe that because, I mean, here's the thing. When you're talking about contract extensions, especially when you're talking about any of this, part of the negotiating thing is, and, and same goes for Tyron Matthew. Well, they never offered me a contract. Well, okay. They never typed up the uh, hundred page document and put it on a table right. in front of you, but you guys have been talking about this garbage since the beginning of last year. And you're sitting there and, and, and your agent's sitting there going like, oh, you know, I'm top safety in the NFL. So you need to get paid like a top safety in the NFL. And he's still and, a free agent. Yeah. And we got to have a got to have a three year contract. And Kirk Cousins is fully guaranteed and stuff like that. And, and mm. Brett Veach and Andy Reid and everybody is sitting there going, like, we're not typing anything up that says that. It's like, get out of here, you know, come back to us when you want to do a one-year contract um, or come back when you want to do a three-year contract where year one is guaranteed and we'll talk again, you're, you're getting old, you know? And so, yes, was he formally offered a contract? I sure, maybe not, but, and, and that's the same thing with Tyreek Hill. It's just, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I run a company, you know, you have people coming all the time and it is just like, oh, you know, I'd like to make more money. Okay. What are you thinking about? Well, you know, I'd like to, and so, I mean, I have contractors and stuff and I had a guy tell me here recently, he's like, oh, you know, I kind of like to double my pay. And you know, if I only work about half as many events, I'm okay with that. I'm like, I freaking bet you are. <laughs> I bet you are. How, how does that help me at all? How does that help me at all? And that's the situation with, uh, you know, Tyree kill and Veach. It's just how, how does this help you at all? And, oh, and you know, Beach, <laughs> well, Beach tried to resign him. There was a number that they were willing to resign him at, and it wasn't like 15 million. They were actually willing to probably, I, what I've heard, there's one probably go up to about 23 million. See, and I've heard 22, um, 23, but you know, you yeah. got 30 from the Dolphins. Like, get, I get out of here, you know? Yeah. No, if and I the Raiders are going to be paying. And, yeah. The Raiders yeah. are going to be paying for that contract on Devontae Adams. I mean, see where they go with that. But, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, again, the teams that have spent the most in, in free agency and, and done this. <laughs> yeah. The Raiders, the Two Jags, of them under display the here. Yeah. The, yeah. the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Jets. I got to say, Josh, your, your impressions are on point. Like, uh, <laughs> like your impressions of people there. Like, oh, so Travis Kelsey walks in like, oh, hey, everybody. I'm Travis Kelsey, and I want some more money now. All right, and then Natty Reed walks in like, yes, I want some, I want some of that money too. It's like you're, all, it's like a higher register thing you got going off of your impressions yes. of these, these massive professional athletes. Well, while we're, and while we're at it, I mean, keep in mind, um, you don't have Travis Kelsey saying anything; he's just playing, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a period of time where I would have told you that I considered him to be a major flight risk. But at this point, I don't think he is. I, I think he's committed to staying in Kansas city. And this is, I, I mean, look at, look at Deshaun Watson's contract, what 230 million guaranteed from the Browns from the yeah. Browns. Well, and Mahomes didn't else. sign a contract like that. Here's something else to think about. I, I thought about this today. So at the time Patrick Mahomes signed his $450 million contract, did you consider him to be the best quarterback in the NFL? Uh, yeah. I mean, I you did. could argue him and Rodgers. Yeah, but I did. When Travis Kelsey signed his, ex- his extension to become the highest paid tight end in the league, did you consider him to be the best at his position? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is Tyree Kill the best wide receiver in the NFL? Uh, it's either him or Devontae Adams. Now, keep in mind, this is Tyree Kill getting the ball thrown at him by Patrick Mahomes and yep. Devontae Adams getting the There's ball reasonable thrown doubt by Aaron Rodgers. In that. Yeah. Yeah, because you saw it. We've seen Travis Kelsey do it with Alex Smith. I mean, we know that yeah. there's a track record there. And I, I do firmly believe that Patrick Mahomes will make the players around him better. Yep. I'm not saying I want to run out a bunch of Byron Pringles and Demarcus Robinsons, but I think if you give Hill that extension and he gets hurt, you're going to be thrown to a bunch of Byron Pringles and Demarcus Robinsons. Yep. And that's what you're trying to avoid here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if uh, all of a sudden the uh, wide receiver talent goes down a little bit and we have to run the ball more. <laughs> well, that yeah. just sounds terrible. Yeah, that does yeah. sound terrible. We got to establish that run game. All right. Well, I think we've uh, beaten this one into the ground uh, uh, sufficiently enough. Brian, do you have anything else to add Hill. on this? If the Dolphins, uh, if you want to, if you wanted the Dolphins, uh, can you just beat the beat the Patriots a few times, and that'd be okay with me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all the best to Tyreek and the Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. again, cheers to Tyreek. Yeah. I yeah, mean, no, I, I'm, I'm glad he's really career. happy. He's career. Career. I'm glad that he got what he was looking for. I'm glad it wasn't from the Chiefs, but I mean, get paid, man. Oh, yeah. I'm all for that. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame Chiefs player, best for, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, it's a a fantastic career uh, as a Chief. So, how how could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and this doesn't preclude him from having a trip back to Arrowhead to get his number retired. Not at all. Yeah. Might happen. So, yeah, we'll get that back. I, I would say that it might not happen at this point, but it probably will. So yeah, that'd be crazy if it didn't. I think it will. I think it will. I think it will. At well. least it'll be in the ring of honor. But yeah. exactly. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. So um only other thing that I think we really need to kind of talk about is we got a little March Madness going on. Uh got some Kansas oh, yeah. Jayhawk action in the Sweet 16. So uh what are your guys' predictions for the game this uh Friday? Oh well, let me just say my bracket. I think this is the best bracket I've ever filled out in the history of me filling out brackets. It's like I'm really crushing it right now. I I, dec- I called every game in the South proper, uh, correctly. And I think I'm leading our Josh, uh, you and I are on ESPN uh, bracket. I think I'm like in second second place there, just by behind by one game. Uh, but South yeah, is Arizona, I mean, I, right? I'm sorry. South is Arizona, right? Uh, yes. yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's, it's Arizona. Wow. Good work. <laughs> I like how Michigan Michigan was like number 11 against Colorado State number 6, but like Michigan was still like the overall favorite in terms of points score. <laughs> like they they they're they're, yeah. they're like a favor there in terms of betting. And um but okay, so talk about KU. Yeah, looking uh, I mean we're going against Providence, so you couldn't ask for I mean I I I'm knocking on all the wood here because it's March and everyone's good and things happen. But in terms of what we have to look at the next few games, I would just say we are in a, a spot that I enjoy being in. 
uh, we saw, um, you know, watching Kentucky, that Kentucky game. How about that? That was insane. That was incredible. Uh, see, my, bra- my brackets were set on fire because of Kentucky. So yeah, well, my yeah, I had Kentucky and yeah. Tennessee in the final four, but that's what I get for trusting. The yeah, they beat the us by 30 points at like <laughs> Allen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. What the hell yeah. happened? And, yeah. yeah, they curb stomped us now. But... Yeah. And so, uh, but so uh, between that and Baylor uh, falling down. So that, you know, it's March because uh, teams get hot when they hot and uh so you never know <laughs> that's what makes it fun because things can happen you have cinderella you have a cinderella in play we always like those um but i mean i'm feeling good about ku got uh, we got some big wins that got need to happen but um I'm, i like uh obviously ku in the next one and uh i like i mean i didn't think the tar heels would last, last this uh this far no i didn't either i didn't either i didn't think they would do it i didn't think uh i mean i think michigan still still Michigan still there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still in play. That's yeah. like just. Um, they got played Zag- Villanova, maybe, but yeah. I got Gonzaga and KU yeah. in the championship. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it. So, uh, anything else you want to add to this, Chris? No, I mean, the path for Kansas to make the Final Four is there. I mean, you got Auburn getting knocked out. You got. Um, God, who was the three seed in our region? Wisconsin. Doesn't matter. It was Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin, right. Wisconsin, yeah. You know, it was funny because I told a friend of mine, I said, you know, there's a chance that Wisconsin and Kansas could play each other in the Elite Eight. And then the Iowa State-Wisconsin game tipped off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I mean, uh, Remy Martin has changed the complexion of this team big time. Yeah, um, I don't know much about Providence, so I don't know how confident I feel about beating them, but I mean, you know, they beat Providence or facing a double digit seed and the elite eight who they should be. I mean, they're, they're kind of now in a, in a situation where they, they have to make it. So we'll see what happens on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, saw so I, I have, I have nothing bad to say about the Badgers by any means, you know, living here in Wisconsin. No, I don't either, but yeah. But I, I have to tell you, I mean, the Sweet 16 game and the Elite Eight game are in uh, Chicago at the United Center. And so I will be uh, driving down there on Friday. Brian, you have to get this up tomorrow. So some of this stuff is like relevant when it when this video comes out. Uh, um, so tomorrow tomorrow morning, yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I've got a, I'm driving down to Chicago and I, I got to say the Badgers getting knocked out of the tournament. I think those ticket prices cut in half. <laughs> really? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I saw, I saw a KU player at Dylan's after they won their game. <laughs> nice. They flew back from Fort Worth and I saw, I think his name was Zach Clemens. He was at uh, Zach Clemens, huh? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I'm awesome. at, uh, so I'm at Dylan's there on Mass Street after he, at, well, Tony didn't believe me uh, because. Oh, we used to. I was like, I think I'm like, that looks just like him. He's really, obviously he was like really tall. I'm like, well, that's a dead giveaway. And, but he's so like skinny, but I'm like, yeah, he was probably like, you know, 19 or 20, whatever he is. Yeah. So he kind of so, has a parted hair look there too. And, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was him, yeah. but I, I was like, because the game I'd like just ended like three hours ago. I wanted to say something, but I was like, ah, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> like yeah. nice game. Yeah, I should have yeah. said like nice game or something, but, okay. or I, I, I run to Danny Manning at least twice in Lawrence, which was interesting. But... Yeah. I helped him find a book at Hastings when I worked at Hastings in 2005 yeah. and he was, and he was looking for something. So for all and, you uh, kids out there, Hastings is a, cause a store that tried to <laughs> like a Barnes and Noble, which with, is another book, Barnes store, and but Noble. it's like, 
50 percent smaller blockbuster video at the same time and they also yeah. sold cds so they did. CDs too. Yeah. a disc we listened to in our cars and they were awesome cds are a disc yes exactly see yeah. so it's like a streaming service in your dashboard <laughs> where you stream from a hard device that you have yes Oh god. And a laser gets shot through uh, it. Yes. A laser, you say. A laser. Yeah. A laser. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I remember seeing but yeah, now let's look forward. Game. I'm excited. It's March. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, final takes. Who's got a good one? <laughs> oh, uh, my nephew mm. made the all tournament team in the three A state basketball championship in Kansas. This went he, like uh, he averaged 13 points, I think, around the game or whatever, and made him the top, the, the fifth top scorer. And uh, that dude is a stud. And uh, now he's on the baseball and track in his high school. But yeah, I mean, what the, you know, it was fun going back, you know, if you recall, like going back there and watching the, you know, state basketball. And uh, I know it's a small town in um, Kansas, but still the energy was as electric as ever, as we recall. So it was fun. And Team so, P took fourth, fun. right? Yep. Yep. Made yeah. The, the Heston Swathers ended up winning, didn't they? I believe they did, yeah. Back yeah, to back. so Heston, a small town in Kansas built on a piece of farm equipment that only people from places like Kansas know. Um, but yeah, cheers to Jace Wentling. Yeah, cheers. Chris, you got anything interesting you want me to go? Yeah, actually. Um, so for any Royals fans out there, uh, Zach Greinke ended up yeah. re-signing with the team, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I forgot just how interesting of a guy – in an interview that Zach Rinke is, but um, I, I love the signing because, you know, despite the fact that he has very little of a fastball left, the guy just knows how to pitch. And he even said in his interview um, or his press conference that he actually wants to be a mentor to these young pitchers, this stable of pitchers right now at the Royals oh, have. Yeah. So to hear that, which to be honest with you, I, I didn't expect that from him at all. Uh, I think that's um, hopefully that's going to bring these guys along because, you know, it, it's a make or break year, I think for the Royals. I mean, they, they really need to show some progress with their, with their pitching staff. Um, and it, hopefully at least one or two of these guys emerge as, you know, at least, you know, uh, maybe a third type of starter, you know, if it's Carlos Hernandez and, and Daniel Lynch or, you know, I, I hope that happens. And I think if that happens and you're going to start to see a turnaround like you did in, in 2012 and the 2013. So, but yeah, I think the Greeky trade is actually going to help that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad the baseball signing, back. not trade, but yeah. 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 I have uh, <clears throat> two quick things. The The first one is uh, fun. And the second one I think is uh, super fun. Um, both of them are completely ridiculous. Uh, so I got some bad news today. There was a lottery for a pre-sale for an event in Denver that I really, really wanted to go to. So South Park has been around for 25 years and they hired a symphony orchestra to play all of the uh, songs from that show. And they've got one show at Red Rocks. And I found out today that I did not make the uh, registration to buy tickets for that. So I'm super mm -hmm. bummed. 
because I think that would be really awesome. Matt and Trey are supposedly going to be there at this thing. So I'm upset that I don't get to go to that. Um, I don't think I'm even going to look at what uh, aftermarket tickets are. I think they're one clamping down pretty hard to make sure those don't get sold. And two, I don't know that I want to see what that number is. Um, <laughs> but the other thing talking about ridiculous things, um, apparently the Toronto Maple Leafs let Justin Bieber design a Jersey that they're getting ready to wear, oh, which is a Maple Leaf with a smiley face on it. So <laughs> I, I don't know what I think about that, but I know that it's funny. So anyway, <laughs> put a smiley face on. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, he did his homework the night before. No, the day it was due, he woke up that morning, had to do his homework at the kitchen table. Yeah, put a smiley yeah. face on it. Exactly. It's great. Uh, but in any event, um, that that's what I got. So uh, good night, Chiefs Kingdom. <laughs> Chiefs. <laughs>